Only a day, Daddy always said, for the arena to drain. This meant that our work in the winter could be a little intermittent, but at least there were no blizzards. Back in Oklahoma, whenever there weren't tornadoes, there were blizzards, and Daddy and Mom had to walk through them for hours on end to get home from school without mittens or buttons on their coats. At least that was what my brother Danny always said when they started talking about how lucky we were to be living in California. And uphill both ways. When he said that, I always laughed. Of course, I went to Oklahoma myself from time to time and the weather was fine. So, instead of waiting around and maybe going over to the coast, at some point, it was a half-hour trip each way, and more than that if we were pulling the horse trailer, we decided that we had nothing better to do than go look at True Blue and then shop for groceries. We left Rusty, our dog, sitting inside the gate with that look on her face that she always had. Don't bother to call. I've got everything under control here. The rain might have skipped the coastal part of the peninsula, because even though there wasn't a horse show, the stables were busy with lessons in all the rings, and grooms, riders, and horses were walking here and there. I looked around for my old horse, Black George, and that girl Sophia Rosebury, who had bought him, but I didn't see them in any of the rings. I made myself stop looking. I had had tremendous fun on Black George for a whole year. I thought about him often, but I hadn't seen him since they'd driven away with him in the Rosebury's trailer before Thanksgiving. In fact, I was a little afraid to see him, not because I thought there would be anything wrong with him, but because I thought that seeing him would make me miss him more. Jane ran over to meet us when she saw us parking the truck in the little lot. Daddy said, You didn't get all the rain? Mom laughed. We got buckets. It drove us out. No rain, said Jane. Just fog, fog, fog. Did I say fog? She lowered her voice. Our golfers don't allow that sort of weather disturbance around here. We all smiled. It was fun to see Jane. The horse, True Blue, was in the nicest part of the barn, and he was standing in his stall looking out over the door toward the rings, with his ears pricked. He saw Jane right away and tossed his head. She said, he's such a sweetheart. Listen to this. We must have been about fifty feet from the stall still. She called out, Blue, Blue, how are you? And he let out a tremendous whinny. She said, he always answers. He's a poet and don't know it, said Mom. Absolutely, said Jane. By this time we were at his stall, and I let him sniff my hand, which he did. Then I started petting him down the neck. He liked it. But he wasn't spoiled, because he didn't all at once start looking for treats the way some horses do. How old is he? said Daddy. We think he's about seven. No tattoo, even though he looks like a thoroughbred. Since our adventure with our yearling, Jack, in the fall, 
I had learned more about thoroughbreds, and one thing I'd learned was that they get tattoos when they are about to go in their first race, on the inside of the upper lip, so that you have to lift that up and read the letter and the numbers, which isn't always easy. But the tattoo lasts the horse's whole life, so every horse that races can be identified forever after. The letter comes first, and tells what year the horse was born. Daddy continued. Doesn't the owner... didn't the owner? Jane shook her head. I could see that there were things Daddy and Jane had talked about while I was changing my clothes. I said, did something happen to the owner? Mom and Daddy and Jane all glanced at one another the way grown-ups do when they think you are too young for something. Since Mom was now shorter than I was, if only by half an inch, I thought this was silly, but instead of rolling my eyes or scowling the way Stella and Gloria did, I just kept petting True Blue.